Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of No Doubt, where we will look at current events, people, and everyday issues and language from a Shin Buddhist perspective, and then talk about in-depth points that delve more deeply into the doctrine of this tradition. My name is Takashi Miyagi, and I'll be your host. Let's get started. So today's topic is, what is evil in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism? So for today, um, instead of uh, looking at a specific social issue, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit uh, more in depth about the issue of evil in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, which um, in, it, uh, directly involves uh, social engagement and, and, and uh, how we may view uh, issues of morality and ethics and, and how to go about uh, dealing with social issues from a Jodo Shinshu perspective. So this issue of evil is something that we're, um, that's very important that we need to take up and, and to look at it uh, uh, first from uh, the definition of the doctrine of Jodo Shinshu. So um, there's a lot of places that we can start. There's a lot of places we can talk about this, um, uh, but I will look at it from uh, beginning with the Tanisho. And the Tanisho is uh, translated as a record in lament uh, in, of divergences. And uh, it mentions the following quote, where it states, quote, even a good person attains birth in the Pure Land, so it goes without saying that an evil person will, end quote. So I'll read that one more time. Quote, even a good person attains birth in the pure land, so it goes without saying that an evil person will. End quote. So in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, we say that an quote unquote evil person will attain birth in the pure land. And this word or phrase gets misunderstood all throughout the history of Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. It was misunderstood while Shinan was alive it was misunderstood just after he died. In fact, that is why this issue is mentioned in this book. Um, this work was actually written by a disciple of Shinnan's. Um, we, we believe it to be uh, Yuyanbo, um, who was addressing the various grave misunderstandings of Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. So before he died, uh, Yuyan uh, took it upon himself to record what he thought, what, what he was taught by his teacher Shinnan and to rectify and set in stone the various misunderstandings of Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, one of which was this whole idea of antinomianism, this idea that, well, if you're already saved by Amida Buddha, then why can't we just go around and do whatever we want, right? Life is, live a life of uh, hedonism, not giving a care, raping and pillaging the earth and everyone around us, destroying everything that we see. In fact, unless we do bad things, we're not showing our faith in the ability of Amida Buddha's salvific activity. And this is one of the gravest misunderstandings of Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, and it happens from the time of Shinan Shonin all throughout the history of Jodo Shinshu Buddhism because um, everybody's ignorance will uh, give way to this uh, misunderstanding. So then the question becomes, why did Shinan feel the need to mention that the quote-unquote evil person gets saved? There are a number of ways uh, I, I think we can answer this. 
And the first is to explain the actual explanation that is given in the Tanisho. Um, here it says that a good person believes in the self's ability to attain enlightenment or birth in the pure land by one's own power. Relying this on the self to be a good person and do acts and become a Buddha by one's own strength entails that one does not see the need in relying on Amida Buddha's salvific working. When one believes in one's own ability to be able to do something, why rely on something other than the self? If I believe I can do something, why, why entrust myself in anything other than me? Right? And this is a natural way to think uh, in this way. The other day I went to a uh, symposium on Shin Buddhism that was hosted by the AAR, the American Academy of Religions, and the IASBS, or the International Association of Shin Buddhist Studies. The symposium was held online, and one of the main points that they wanted to get across through this symposium was the fact that Buddhism, and much of Buddhism, is about reliance on the power, on the guidance, on the efficacy of the Buddha or Bodhisattvas. In other words, there is this element of uh, taking refuge in or relying on the Buddha that is completely left out in the conversation of Buddhism here in the West or in America. And this is a very interesting point, I thought. Uh, you might hear about Buddhism and words like Zen, mindfulness, loving kindness, interdependency, thrown around like everyone knows what that's supposed to mean. Let's look at the um, uh, example of Zen. Popular culture uses that word to mean anything from like uh, a kind of relaxation, uh, for example, like Zen soaps or massage oils or candles, or Zen is used to mean, you know, intention and focus, um, which I, I'm not sure. I mean, that may not be the completely off the mark, but I don't think people are using the word um, as it's supposed to mean. Of course, I'm not trained in in, in uh, Zen Buddhism, but um, you know, I've I've always wondered how Zen Buddhists feel about their words uh, and religion, quite frankly, uh, being used around so haphazardly and nonchalantly. Another word is mindfulness. We throw that word around in conversations to make us sound like we're nice people, you know, caring about the world's problems and, and, and uh, try to use it in, in a lot of different situations and use it in, in different fields of study. But um, what does that word mean exactly? Because I don't know. You know, well, from, I mean, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, when Shin Buddhism talks about mindfulness, it is the mind of Amida Buddha given to sentient beings. It can also mean the mind that focuses on the Buddha. So we have a specific meaning for that. But I think popular culture uses that word to mean just about anything, really. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that everyone has to adhere to the Shin Buddhist definitions of mindfulness. No, I'm not saying that at all, actually. I'm just saying that the word needs to be defined more clearly when it is used because it's used all over the place and in a lot of different contexts. So the point I want to make here is that there is an element of reliance, of taking refuge, of having faith in, 
of having a devotion in, of praising the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Buddhism is not a self-help teaching that you pick up at Barnes and Nobles or in a magazine while you wait to buy your groceries. This is not a philosophy only in that it is something thought up by some smart guy in some time in history. Buddhism is a religion. There is an element of faith and devotion involved and we praise the Buddha for the Buddha's teaching and guidance. We cannot forget this point as Buddhists here in America. Popular culture will try to have you believe otherwise, as if relying on something other than yourself is a show of weakness. It is not a weakness. It is a strength. It is a strength to admit what you are not able to do. And this is what Shinan is trying to get us to understand through this explanation in the Tanisho. Shinan explains that a good person actually doesn't see the need in relying on Amida Buddha's great compassion. However, an evil person, someone who awakens to the understanding that one is filled with blind passions and does not have the ability to attain birth in the Pure Land, sees that he or she needs the help of Amida Buddha's other power. This is why the evil person, or maybe I should say, this is why the quote-unquote evil person, someone who recognizes one's own plight of not being able to be free from suffering, is able to attain birth in the Pure Land. Hello and welcome back to the second segment of today's episode where I will continue on this topic of evil. So in the first section, we looked at the explanation given in the Tanisho on the issue of evil. So um, there are a few more things to explain the explanation uh, that's given in the Tanisho and one is the issue of translation. Again, here we see the problem of translation, as we saw with you know other words like Xinjing. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but there there are a number of uh, these kind of words that um, are very difficult to translate because 
either the English is has um, is a loaded term with a lot of different connotations to it, or the Japanese uh, the kanji itself has too many uh, implications and connotations to it for there to be a um, uh, precise translation that can match the word one for one. So um, here, Akunin is translated as evil person. But actually, uh, when we say the word uh, evil, quote unquote, that has the implication that uh, one is permanently evil or that one is innately evil. However, Aku uh, is not permanent. It is referring more to a state of existence at one particular moment or a, uh, in a duration or in a period of time. It isn't referring to something that is innately evil, like the devil or something like this. Therefore, based on aku, uh, one's state of existence can change, whereas in evil, it cannot, right? But and so there's there's already right there a huge difference, and that's something that we have to take into account when we're um, doing um, translation. So translation is something that we really have to kind of keep in mind as we're reading. Um, things that are being translated from Japanese to English or, you know, the other way around as well. So in Buddhism and, and Jodo Shinshi Buddhism specifically, the state of existence of good and evil are not permanent. They are subject to change based on the causes and conditions or what we call the karmic condition um, that are presently at hand. There is, however, uh, the absolute truth which transcends good and evil altogether and this is why Buddhism is not so focused on ethics or morality so much it is an important issue yes but it's not the main focus of Buddhism why because Buddhism is focused on an issue that surpasses good and evil which is the state of Buddhahood the principle of true reality. Good and evil are subject to the laws of karma or causality. So we're talking about different planes here. In Buddhism, truth is not necessarily the good. In Buddhism, truth transcends good. It transcends evil. Good and evil are relative and mutually complementary. So anytime you have good, you're going to have evil. Anytime you have evil, there will be good. So let's take uh, wars, for example. We have wars because no two sides go into a war thinking they're on the side of the wrong or the evil or the unjustified, right? Every party involved in a war thinks they are the righteous thinks they are fighting for the good, thinks they are fighting on the right side. It is their arrogance in believing in their infallibility that leads to heinous acts of violence. War is the culmination of greed, anger, and ignorance, the pinnacle of blind passions. So Buddhism tries to get us 
to go past the issue of good and evil. It basically says to us, okay, so now that you have a basic understanding of good and evil, right and wrong, that is based more or less on the golden rule or uh, the laws of karma, now we can have the real conversation about religion. So getting back um, to the translation of evil for Aku, we have to keep in mind that evil may not be the best translation for the term Aku. And so keep in mind that other terms such as ignorance or delusion might be other team terms that you want to think of when you're thinking about the term Aku. So you want to couple that um, in, in addition to evil uh, when I'm trying to understand Aku. And this is why translation gets very uh, complicated and very hard um, uh, to do. I personally like to use the phrase uh, human condition or state of existence to explain uh, Aku, and I'll explain why. So uh, moving on, uh, we also have to keep in mind that what evil is referring to is not directly the person, per se. Evil here is referring to the state of existence. In other words, it is referring to the fact that we are sentient beings who operate on blind passions, and we are unable to break free from the state of delusion and see things as they are. Our egocentric bubbles keep us from seeing reality as such. And this is what, quote-unquote, evil is referring to. It is not referring to you specifically. Right? It's not saying, um, you suck, you're a bad person, shame on you, repent, you vile human being. Right? It's not saying anything like that. It, it is saying something more along the lines of, how wretched is the state of our existence? Why are we in such a condition where we can't break free of our egocentricity? Something along those lines. That's what, that's what evil is referring to here. So, quote-unquote, evil is referring to a state of existence. It's not the bad things that we do, per se. It is referring to the overall condition that we are in. The condition of being engulfed in blind, blind passions. Hence the phrase, human condition. And finally, um, the most important point of this um, evil is that through Amida Buddha's teaching of the primal vow, we come to awaken to our evil nature. Again, not evil as in we are bad, but evil as in this human condition of egocentric delusion. So let me say this one more time. Through the Buddha Dharma, we come to awaken to the human condition where we suffer based on, on our blind passions. Evil is not the bad acts that we do, but rather the human condition of egocentricity. But ironically, when we awaken to this understanding, that then prompts us to want to slow or mitigate as much as possible uh, our blind passions. And Shinan uh, Shinan states in a letter, he states the following, quote, uh, But since you have begun to hear the Buddha's vow, you have gradually awakened from the drunkenness of ignorance, gradually rejected the three poisons, 
and come to prefer at all times the medicine of Amida Buddha. End quote. So we try to separate ourselves from the blind passions of greed, anger, and ignorance as much as we can, even though completely eradicating those passions would be impossible. But we at least can try to now, uh, we can at least try to do that now that we know that we are engulfed within those blind passions. So the Buddha Dharma teaches us that we are caught in this human condition. And because of this, we become more aware of who we really are. We see ourselves as we are through Amida Buddha's great compassion. So um, I'd like to kind of give you an example that helps uh, to kind of show what I've been talking about here. Um, I might have given this example in a previous episode. I don't know. Everything's starting to become a little bit hazy now. Um, and I've, I've probably used this in other places as well. But um, uh, it's a good example that I think helps to depict what I'm trying to show. If you can imagine yourself at um, when you're at Disneyland uh, here in California, um, you know, I grew up going to Disneyland every year. And they have, of course, you know, the teacups, right, that everybody knows about. And so uh, when we were, you know, teenagers, we would kind of um, go on these teacups and try to purposely, like, spin them a lot, you know, faster, right, and go really, really fast. And then people would inevitably, you know, get sick and, and stuff. And, uh, and, you know, we got a kick out of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, this, this uh, state of existence of being engulfed in our blind passions is kind of like these teacups. Everybody is in a teacup. We're all in teacups, basically. This is what life is. We're, we are in teacups and we're spinning and spinning and spinning. And some people want to spin, right? Some people will get a kick out of spinning really, really fast, right? And for those people, that's fine. They don't care about religion. They don't care about Joey Shinshu or any of that stuff, right? But there are other people who have spun enough, right? And are starting to feel sick and understand that what's making them feel sick is this constant spinning and spinning and spinning. And so in the teacups, I don't know if you know this right or not, but in the teacups, in the center, the center console, I don't know what you call that, but there's like a steering wheel where you can either speed it up or you can slow it down, right? So the, the, the person who awakens to his or her state of existence, this state of existence of suffering, this state of existence of constant nauseousness where we can't break free out of this spinning uh, uh, state of existence, will do what he or she can to try to slow that that wheel right the wheel won't the teacup won't completely stop but it will slow right and that will try to mitigate the suffering the nauseousness that is taking place and so that is kind of what jody shinshu is kind of what i'm trying to show here is that when we awaken to our state of existence, that we are indeed evil in the sense that we have blind passions that keep us from breaking free from this world of suffering. 
um, because we are in that state of existence and we awaken to that state of existence, we then try to separate ourselves as much as we can from uh, the blind passions that create this suffering. Essentially, we try to slow the teacups down as much as we can, right? So another example that I can give is that, um, let's say you are caught up in a tornado, right? When you're caught up in the tornado, um, it's crazy, right, inside. As a matter of fact, it gets so crazy and you're spinning so much in, in circles that you somehow kind of force yourself to try to adjust to this tornado, the craziness. You get desensitized to this craziness. But if you're somehow able to step out of that tornado and see the tornado as such, then you can say, man, I was in that tornado this whole time. That's just that's just crazy, right? And then trying to um, stop from getting back into that craziness, right? So it's recognizing the problem uh, first and then trying to uh, mitigate uh, that problem from getting uh, bigger or um, exacerbating in, in some way, right? So you have to first recognize that the problem is there. And that's what the Buddha Dharma, that is what Buddha, Amida Buddha's great compassion is teaching us. It is teaching us to see the, the true state of our existence, i.e. the human condition, or what Shina Shoni refers to as the evil person, right? And so evil is not, you know, this, this idea of a permanent, you are always, you are this bad person who does bad things. Evil is referring to the state of existence that we are in. So I'd like to um, end by giving you one last example that uh, helps to explain the, the quote that we've been looking at for this entire episode, which is the following quote, just to remind you. Even a good person attains birth in the pure land, so it goes without saying that an evil person will, end quote. So if you can imagine um, that you have children, you have two kids, um, and you're out swimming in the ocean and then uh, both of them get uh, swept up by the water and you have the ability to save one uh, um, uh, or the other, right? Well, uh, one, of the, the, one of your children is a adept swimmer, very good at swimming. A skilled swimmer and is uh, and is able to uh, take care of himself or herself right and then the other child that you have is unable to swim too young and hasn't learned yet uh, maybe that person can you know doggy paddle but doesn't have the strength nor the 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 technique down to be able to save him or herself right and so as a parent, um, you wouldn't save the kid who can save him or herself uh, based, on, based on swimming, right? You would save the child that needs your help first, right? So, and then that kid, you know, at first that's, you know, that doesn't know how to swim. And the first reaction is to kind of kick and scream right because you're in a state of panicking right the child is scared the child is frustrated 
but when you grasp that child, that child uh, is able to uh, eventually calm down and let himself be saved by your working, right? You and you love both of those kids, right? But you 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 nevertheless go to save the child that is incapable of saving himself first, right? Even though your love for all of these sentient beings is equal. So uh, we are that kid that can't swim. We need the help of our parent, Amida Buddha. Many people feel like they can't swim, right? And to those people, I say, kudos to you, right? But for those of us who know just how hard it is to break free from our state of delusion, for those of us who see the depths of our ignorance and ego, we need other power. We need to rely on something much greater, grander, brighter, and warmer than we can ever be. That is Amida Buddha's great compassion. That is Tariki. So that'll do it for us uh, for today. Um, in today's episode, we looked at uh, what is evil in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, and we used uh, the Tanisho, um, the famous quote uh, that states the following quote, Even a good person attains birth in the Pure Land, so it goes without saying that an evil person will. End quote. And what does Shinan Shoni mean uh, by the phrase evil? And uh, one of the things that we talked about in the first half of the segment was to say that um, things that uh, popular culture will have us believe uh, what Buddhism is supposed to be and uh, to take that with a grain of salt. And one of the things that I think is being overlooked here in America and in the West uh, regarding Buddhism is this element of devotion faith, this element of um, relying on uh, the Buddha and the Bodhisattvas. Uh, so this idea of putting your faith in, in believing in, in, in this tradition, in this religion, I think it is being deleted from the discussion of Buddhism in America. Uh, and this isn't just Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. I, I think I, uh, um, I speak for a lot of Buddhists, not just Jodo Shinshu Buddhists, when I say that uh, a lot of this element of faith and belief and devotion in Buddhism is being uh, X'd out of the conversation. And in the second half of today's talk, we talked more specifically about how Shinan is def uh, defining the term evil. So evil is... Uh, not about what you specifically do. It is rather referring to the state of existence or what I call the human condition. And this human condition is one where the sentient being is engulfed in uh, blind passions. Evil is not the bad acts that we do, but rather the human condition of egocentricity. And this is how Shinan is defining the term uh, evil. And so this is something that we have to uh, keep in mind as we learn about Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of No Doubt. I'm your host, Takashi Miyagi. As the Master Shandao states, quote, 
may we together awaken the Bodhi mind and be born in the realm of serenity and joy. End quote. Take care, Dharma friends. Until next time, Namo Amidabhats.